Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, And I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Live Free Creative. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson. You're listening to episode 83, Calm in Chaos. How are you? How are you feeling? How are you doing? That's kind of a tricky question to answer right now with the world in absolute panic over this very real, very serious pandemic of COVID-19. If you're listening to this episode at some future point, hopefully you can look back and just sort of smile about how it was wild, but we got through it. (laughs) However, if you're listening right now, this week in the present moment, you might feel a little bit anxious or chaotic or worried. I admit I have felt those things too and I'm working through them. I'm working through them day by day. This episode is different than what I had planned on my content calendar for the podcast and starting next week I'm going to jump back into my regularly scheduled programming talking about creativity and adventure and intention and actually this episode doesn't fall outside of that. It very much is about intention but it's something that I'm sliding in because I need it. And I think you might too. I'm going to talk about how to create calm in the chaos. How to find a place of peace within the panic. And these are four very simple tips that I've been using personally. In fact, I'm using them like minute to minute in some instances to make sure that I'm centered and that I'm grounded and that I have a clear perspective of what's happening and how I can react to it or respond in a way that's more meaningful than I might otherwise. And even when this global crisis has ended and we all feel like we are able to resume a little bit more of our normal schedule and our normal life, there will often be times of chaos or unexpected circumstances or obstacles that arise in our life. And these four tips can serve us well through any type of troubling time. So not only a global pandemic, but also unexpected obstacles that come up in your life that you are going to need to work through emotionally as well as sometimes physically and finding solutions and things like that. These four tips will serve you well in any type of chaos. 
I'm going to share them with you after a quick segment that I like to call Peaks of the Week. I've got a couple good ones, you guys. Today I want to share just two Peaks of the Week. One is a recipe and two is a recipe book or a cookbook. So number one, I have cracked the code. (laughs) Okay, I didn't exactly crack it completely, but I have come up with a Torchy's Taco look-alike recipe, copycat recipe, that is super satisfying. And I'm not going to pretend that it tastes exactly like Torchy's Taco's queso because that is impossible unless you are at a Torchy's Taco. This one, though, makes me feel like it. If I haven't tried the real Torchy's queso in a long time, which it has been a long time, then it makes me feel cozy and at home just the way that Torchy's Taco queso does. It's a green chili tomatillo queso, and it's super simple to make. It actually only has a few ingredients, most of which you probably already have on hand in a regular kitchen, and it's, it's pretty quick and easy, and I love it. So I've started making it, pouring the extra into a jar, and it keeps in the fridge for a week or two, and you just reheat a couple scoops of it as you need, and it's fantastic. So I have shared the recipe this week, earlier this week, on my blog, and so if you go to the show notes at livefreecreative.co backslash podcast, find episode 83, and you can find the link. I'll link it right in the show notes to my Torchy's Taco Queso Recipe copycat. If you're stuck at home and you just need a little bit of pick-me-up, this is a fantastic queso recipe. And I'm also, I shared on that post a couple different ways I like to use it. Of course, it's wonderful dipping it in chips, but I also have a couple special, <laughs> a couple special ways I like to use Torchy's queso. So you can go ahead and find that information on my blog. If you want, you can also just go to livefreecreative.co and use the search bar and search Torchy's queso and it will come right up for you. Okay, Peak of the week number two is a new cookbook. I adore cookbooks. I really love cooking. I think I've mentioned on this show that it wasn't until just a few years ago that I started using recipes as they were written and realized how powerful that is, that you can like have all the instructions just right there and you get to make the dish and it turns out the way that it is supposed to if you actually follow the instructions. I'm a little bit more of a uh, reckless cook than that. But for Valentine's Day this year, I got myself a new cookbook at a local bookshop and I absolutely adore it. I've started using it regularly and it has quickly become one of my favorites. I'm going to link in the show notes this book called Canel Ivani, Canel Ivani, Nourishing Gluten-Free Recipes for Every Meal and Mood. There's a couple things that I especially love about this. The author is Erin Goyaga. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm pra- pretty sure I'm not actually. But she has had this blog, Canel Ni, for a long, long time. I've been reading her blog for years and years. And sh- so this is her first cookbook that has come out. It's gorgeous. It's practical. It's down to earth, like very sustainable farm to table type recipes. And they're all gluten free. Now, we don't eat a totally gluten-free diet at our house. We don't have anyone who suffers from gluten intolerance or celiac disease in any way. However, it's been so fun to try some of these gluten-free recipes. In some cases, I have just, she says, you can just sub out regular flour or whole wheat flour for the rice flour or the almond meal if you want to. But I've made some of these gluten-free recipes 
using the ingredients that are called for and they are fantastic. They're phenomenal. Something that I love about that is that I have a lot of friends that are gluten-free and when I entertain or when I'm hosting, I love to have options available for lots of different people. I also love being able to cook in lots of different ways. So these recipes are, they're not all baked goods so the baked the baking section is all gluten-free which is awesome but the rest of them are you know incredible uh side dishes meals there's a picnic there's like a whole chapter that's about a picnic and how to create this really beautiful picnic Uh, vegetable dishes i love the sauces and some simple things like creating sourdough starter or creating creme fraiche or some of these wonderful you know like a um homemade mayonnaise like just really really good basics and starters that she has in there so it's a phenomenal book I absolutely recommend it I will link it in the show notes and I will also link in the show notes to a popular blog post that I did years ago where I talked about a couple of my other very favorite cookbooks so if you're in a little baking or cooking mood and you want to scroll through a couple favorite books you can check those out in the show notes at livefreecreative.co slash podcast you can find it all there Okay, now let's move on to the meat of this episode, finding calm in the chaos. Actually, creating calm in the chaos. We can look for it, but we also can create it. We can dismiss all of the things in our lives that are causing the friction or our feelings of imbalance or worry or anxiety, and we can release those and create a a place an inner place of calm within ourselves. And then that inner place of calm can exude out of us and bring calm into our homes, into our family life, into our work life. That calm is really, really powerful. I sent an email earlier today to my email list and I came up with four tips for creating calm in the chaos. And they are the acronym, CALM, C-A-L-M. As I was writing it, I thought this would be a great podcast episode. I know that not everyone who listens to the podcast is on my email list. I wanted to get it out to you. And I also wanted to just talk through them a little bit more. Sometimes it's even more powerful to think of your own personal examples when you are listening to something rather than reading it. So I'm going to share these three tips for creating calm in the chaos. They are C, choose what works for you. A, appreciate the little things. L, let go of expectations, and M, maintain presence. Starting with number one, C, choose what works for you. This, I think, is probably one of the most important things to create calm in the chaos because we can be so inundated with the idea of what we think we should be doing based on what we see all around us. I know in this particular crisis that there are available schedules for homeschooling all different ages of kids. Uh, I've seen dozens of online educators open up free classes and free webinars and online workshops and opportunities to connect online. And there are so many more available options right now when we all feel a little bit heightened uh, awareness anyway. I think that it's actually doing us a disservice to create more decision fatigue when we already are a little bit emotionally drained so i had to start with this one see choose what works for you remember that your life 
is just supposed to work for you. It's okay if it doesn't look like everyone else's. It's okay if you don't follow any of the schedules that are available out there. It's okay if you don't join any online classes or webinars. It's okay if you decide to forego opening your inbox for the next couple weeks. It's okay if you don't get to accomplishing all of the projects that you thought you might accomplish during the next couple weeks or months at home. It's okay if you decide that you don't want to add anything extra during this time that you already have so much out of place within your life. If you find yourself feeling overwhelmed or stressed out about doing it all, understand very clearly that you do not have to. You are not required to do it all. Everything is optional. You get to choose what works for you. You just want to take a deep breath right there and think how powerful that simple truth is. You get to choose what works for you and your family. There is no right or wrong way to get through this crisis or any other crisis that comes into your life in the future. It's okay that you make the choices that are right for you. That might look like having extra Netflix time. It might look like turning off all the screens for the next couple of weeks and unplugging completely. Maybe you decide that you want to do meals outside or school outside or just play outside or sleep outside. Maybe we should all take our tents and put them in the backyard and just call it a couple week long camp out with flushing toilets and a functional kitchen inside the house. I don't know. Choose though. I mean, this is just the most powerful truth that you get to choose what you want your life to look like today. You get to decide and it is totally okay if you choose something that's different from what you see other people doing. It's totally okay if your life over the next couple weeks is just right for you and not right for anyone else. That's okay. That's the C in calm. Let's talk about the A. Appreciate the little things. I should go back and listen to the last 82 episodes and see how many times over the last couple years I have mentioned gratitude as an important and fundamental part of living a whole life. When we appreciate the little things, when we look for the good, we automatically start to invite perspective into our life. We start to invite peace into our life. Looking for the simple, lovely, daily moments of joy that exist all around us, if we're paying attention to them, starts to train our brains to function differently. Did you know that our default mode of operation for our brain, like the hardware that we come wired with, is built for survival. And in order to survive, you have to be aware of the dangers and the problems and uh, try to avoid them at all costs. So our brain is hardwired to notice everything that's going wrong that could be a potential threat or a potential danger to our life. Now, that made a lot more sense a couple thousand years ago than it does now because so many of the things that exist in our lives now are not mortal dangers. They are not absolute threats to our well-being. We just see them as inconveniences or frustrations and our body likes to point them out and look for them. We can override that system with being aware and then expressing appreciation for the little wonderful things that happen in our lives. I'm talking about totally simple little tiny things such as 
my sheets are really comfortable. Or, wow, those daffodils look amazing. They're just brightening up this whole yard. Even if it's not your yard. I don't have any daffodils in my yard, but I appreciate all of the daffodils that my neighbors have planted because when I go on a walk down my block, I'm just enamored with these beautiful bright yellow flowers that are on almost every other house which maybe I'm like huh maybe I should plant some daffodils I don't even know how to do that I've never planted a bulb before but maybe one day I will what about things like gosh this water is so refreshing I'm thirsty and I get to drink this water and it feels so refreshing or something that I love that I talked about with Ralphie Jacobs in the episode about intentional parenting or parenting on purpose was how important it is to appreciate the things that your children do. Now, for those of you who have children, they're likely home with you for at least the next couple weeks, if not longer. How often are you acknowledging and appreciating the things that they do that are wonderful, even if that's just being quiet for a few minutes? Thank you so much for being quiet. I love the way that you're using your nice hands. I love the way that you put your shoes on without me asking. Thank you so much for finishing your lunch. Thank you so much for bringing me your seven favorite stuffed animals to sit next to me on the couch while I work on the computer. That's so nice. I love being, you know, surrounded by friends. Look for the things that are going right. Appreciate what's happening in your life that is wonderful rather than the laundry list of things that are going wrong or that are problems. For those of you who are business owners or who work from home or just working in general at the office, I know that this particular crisis is affecting the economy in unprecedented ways and businesses are taking a hit it can be really tempting as a business owner or if you're in the situation of working within a business to only recognize the things that are going wrong within your business. I've had a couple uh, kind of heart-stopping moments over the last couple days where things that I was involved in have been canceled. Uh, In particular, I was hired to be a keynote speaker at an event in early April It was a paying event. It was an incredible opportunity. I've been looking forward to it and preparing for it for months. And it was canceled. Of course, it was canceled. But what that did to my bottom line was remove a good chunk of my percentage of my annual revenue because it was canceled and they needed a refund. Likewise, I had a couple events happening this year, and some of them are still happening. They're coming up in July and in November. I will talk to you more about those at the end of this episode, and I hope that you will join me. But the retreat that I had planned for May, although it's going to still happen with those who were already registered, I closed the registration early because it's simply impossible to sell tickets to an event in the middle of a travel ban. (laughs) You just can't do that. So even though this is several weeks away and in a super remote location and a very intimate setting, there are long-reaching financial aspects of this crisis that are affecting me personally and my own small business as well as so many other businesses around the country and around the world. It is tempting to just focus on that and to feel frustrated and kind of spiral out of control thinking about how those things, you know, how can it be possible for those things to be made up? However, that doesn't get us anywhere. That doesn't get us anywhere except for to feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, sad, worried. When we look for the things that are going right and appreciate the little things, 
we start to feel calm. We start to feel that calm in the chaos, create our own eye of the storm. I know that for myself personally, I don't have solutions yet. I don't have the solutions. I don't know how I'm going to make up for some of these things that have been canceled that I was planning on, but I do know that I'll be okay. I know that I have endless amounts of creativity and ingenuity and enterprise that I can use my ideas to find new ways to offer value and to create new opportunities within my business that I now maybe have time for because some of those other things aren't going to require as much attention as they did before. We tend to put energy into what we focus on. And so when we are acknowledging and appreciating the things that are going right in our lives, that's where we pour our energy and that's what reflects back onto us. So number two for creating calm in the chaos is that you appreciate the little things. Say them out loud, write them down, practice this at night with your family, like at dinner time, talk about every good thing that happened. I promise that that will instantly bring a measure of calm within your life. Number three, L, let go of expectations. This is such a hard one. (laughs) It's something that I've actually been working on just on a daily basis for a while, probably in conjunction with my meditation practice because so much of that is releasing things that you can't control. So much of it is uh, trying to not have attachments to things. For example, like to do something without an attachment to the outcome, without thinking this will be a success if XYZ happens, rather thinking this is a success because I'm doing it, because I'm moving forward with it. So letting go of our expectations can be tricky. However, it is so wonderful when we are able to do it because everything feels better without the pressure of expectations. I know that an earlier version of myself would say, this isn't possible. How could you let go of expectations? Because then everyone is going to only be mediocre. If there's no expectation for people to behave a certain way or to act a certain way, then they're not going to live up to any type of you know standard. And I don't know, that's probably a whole other podcast episode, but what I mean when I say to let go of our expectations is to really believe, like let it sink in and understand that we don't have control over all of the outcomes. And because we don't have control over the outcomes, we can simply let some of the outcomes go and instead control the output, control what we do, what we say, how we invite, how we act, the the actual behaviors that we exhibit. Those are the things that we get to choose and control. The outcomes are not something that we can. So for example, and I mentioned this in my email today, This morning, we, for my own family, have created a loose schedule that includes a couple hours of schoolwork time. Their teachers all sent home pretty detailed lists and tons of books and assignments and things like that. So we have like a pretty uh, clear idea of what the teachers expect from us every day. That doesn't mean we're going to get to it all every single day, but we created kind of a loose outline for a block schedule. And that includes going on a walk in the morning. We walk to school every single day normally at 8.30. And so we decided, let's just do that anyway. Like, let's get up. We'll have breakfast. We'll get dressed for the day just like usual. And then we'll go on a walk around the block at 8.30 rather than walking to school for the day. Well, it came time to go on our walk. And one of my children refused to put shoes on. I will let you guess which one. (laughs) It was a long 
probably unnecessarily drawn out battle because I was trying to control the outcome. I wanted her shoes to get on no matter what right then so that we could go and stick to this kind of plan that we had scheduled. What that did, this this uh, expectation of maintaining this exact schedule of the shoes getting on the way that I thought they should, this created more frustration. It created more anxiety. It created some, you know, negativity rather than positivity. It backfired. And rather than what we would like to believe that sticking to the schedule means that we stay, you know, calm and collected because we all kind of know what's happening, sticking to the schedule in this particular moment meant that things felt so frustrating. Once we were actually out on the walk, shoes on and all, I thought to myself, what could I have done differently? And I had a couple things come to mind that were all things that were me releasing expectations. One was that she could have stayed home. My husband was still home. He hadn't gone to work yet. And so I could have just left her home. I could have simply said, if you have your shoes on in the next two minutes before we leave, then you get to come on the walk with us. And if not, then then you're gonna, you won't be able to come. And I could have just left that would have been fine because she could have either stayed home in her pajamas and, you know, done whatever she was doing at home or she would have hurried and put on her shoes. But either way, that was a release of the expectation because it would have been fine either way and it avoided the argument. I also could have invited her to come on the walk without shoes. She didn't want to put her shoes on, but she wanted to go on the walk and I could have said, okay, great, you'll probably be cold and your feet might hurt that's fine. That's up to you. It's your choice. And invited her to come and she could have learned from the natural consequences of not putting her shoes on and and going on the walk. I could have postponed the whole walk until later. That would have affected our schedule a lot more, but it was possible because again, going back to number one, I get to choose. There was no real reason to be doing a walk right at that exact moment, except for that we had decided to. And it's okay to change your mind. So I don't know if that's helpful or not, but that's just a few things that I thought of, of how I can let go of the expectations, let go of controlling all of the details, and instead choose how we feel and how we react. Choose love, choose acceptance, choose peace. Know that my job as a mom and as a wife and as a daughter and as a friend is to control myself to choose my own reactions and the way that I want to act no one else can make me do anything no one else is responsible for the things that I say or the way that I act or feel that's my job so as we let go of expectations that helps us retain that calm inside of ourselves and like I said when we have that calm inside of ourselves that's like our the level that we vibrate at that creates calm like exuding out from us can you think of someone you know who's just calm like that calming presence sometimes we talk about people like that oh she's such a calm presence that happens because that person has made decisions to feel calm that person has made decisions to be a calming presence and that affects everyone around them so number three let go of expectations so that you can maintain your calm Okay, we're on to the last one. Number four, the M in calm is to maintain presence. This is, again, something that I talk about a lot, and it's because it's so important. I know that so many of us are looking ahead 
past the conflict. We want to see what's on the other side of this obstacle. What can we look forward to? What are things going to look like and feel like in a couple weeks or a couple months when we get to the other side of what's happening? And unfortunately, right now in this particular crisis, I don't think there's a lot of answers. So that looking forward to the other side is also an unknown. And that I know feels a little bit scary and it can feel a little bit out of control. Actually, just earlier today, I have to confess, I Google searched how long until the social distancing is over or like how long is it going to take until we can kind of resume life as normal? And there were no answers. There just weren't any answers. And, And when there are no answers, what we can rely on is what's happening now. Just reel that focus back into today. When we stay focused on the present moment, we feel steady. We feel confident. We can rely on what's happening around us in this moment because we're here. We can answer simple questions like, what should we have for lunch? We can look around us in our lives, in our homes. Most of us are are in our homes, in our own neighborhoods, and Rely on the things that are there that we do know, that we do understand. Start from that place, from being present. The other thing I want to say about this maintaining presence is that it can be really easy to get a false sense of presence by spending our time online, scrolling on our phones. There is an endless news cycle right now. I mean, always, but especially right now, I think more people are more hungry for news regarding this particular pandemic and um, you know there's been school closures there's been meeting closures we're getting emails there's so much information on Instagram there's so much information uh, online just generally so many of us are becoming absorbed more than usual more than our usual kind of fluff social media use I think that we're telling ourselves as we spend three four five hours absorbed in our phones per day that this is important news and so we need to stay on top of it but what that does is take us out of our presence it takes us out of our bodies it takes us out of our our world our real world our real life with our real families and our you know things we can touch and hold and and snuggle that is what it means to maintain presence to stay present in your body in your sensations in your home in your life One thing that I love to do to bring me into the present moment is just a quick meditation where I close my eyes and I take a couple deep breaths and then I check into each of my five senses. What do I feel around me? I can feel the weight of my body sitting on this chair. Actually, my legs hurt a little bit right now because I've been sitting with them folded and they're starting to fall asleep. I can acknowledge that and and feel it, actually feel that in my body. I've been ignoring it because I haven't been paying attention to it because I've been recording this podcast. But when I bring myself back into presence, I feel what's happening around me. What do I hear? Luckily, it's pretty quiet because I told my kids to be quiet so I could record the show. (laughs) I even turned off the fan so there's no overhead whirring of the fan. What do I taste right now? I have a really great raspberry line spindrift. Have you tried spindrift? It's super good. What do I smell? The scented candle. 
that I started burning before I started recording. You can open your eyes and look around. What do I see? And I like to ask myself this question as well. What do I love about this moment? What do I love about right now? When we turn off the constant stream of media and we step back into ourselves, we start to feel that calm. What if we spent a whole day just present, just one of these many days that we have coming up, unplugged in our own lives, with our own people, in our own bodies, with our own sensations? How would that feel to know that the only thing that you have to think about or worry about right now is what's happening right now? You don't have to come up with solutions. You don't have to have a big plan. You may get to those things at some point, but right now what's what's important is how you feel. And I can assure you that you will feel better when you're present. That's all the time, but especially in chaos, especially in trial and obstacle and uh, unexpected circumstances. Those are all situations in which presence brings peace. So, friends, let's talk about these four steps one more time. The C in calm is to choose what works for you. A means appreciate the little things. L, let go of expectations. And M, maintain presence. Just be here now. That, combined with the other three tips that I've shared with you today, will create calm in your lives right now. Thank you so much for being here and listening as usual. I hope these four tips will help you create calm in the chaos of your life, whether right now during this pandemic or any time that things don't go exactly the way that you thought they would. Before I close, I want to share two events that I have coming up. And like I said, this is a weird time to be talking about retreats and events. However, they're all a little bit in the future. And I know that some of you are going to be craving the connection and creativity that these events were designed to invite. The first one is a creative summer camp for women of all ages, Whether you're a mom or not, whether you're married or not, I want you to join me in Southern Idaho at Maple Grove Hot Springs, July 9th through 12th for an incredible weekend of hands-on workshops, community conversations, an awesome book club, and nature-inspired adventures. This is going to be an incredible, intimate, off-the-grid gathering for women who desire connection and creativity in their lives. There are both glamping and camping options available. You can choose to sleep in a super comfortable bed in a fully furnished cabin or yurt, or bring your own tent for a discount and set up in one of the available campsites. The weekend is all-inclusive, meaning it includes all of the materials, the workshops, the conversations, the book club, all of the hikes and the water sports, soaking in the hot springs, and incredible farm-to-table food prepared on site just for our group this isn't a weekend not to be missed you can find out all of the details and register ahead of the pack at livefreecreative.co slash creative dash summer dash camp i will link it in the show notes so you can join us and gather together after all of this social distancing we're going to need a little togetherness 
The second retreat I want to quickly share is built for creative entrepreneurs. You know that project that you keep thinking of that you don't have time to just dig into really deeply? Join us in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, November 4th through 8th to dig in and get it done. This work retreat includes incredible accommodations right on the beach in the Outer Banks, an in-house chef and holistic nutritionist preparing all of your meals for you so you can focus on the work that you need to do. We also do incredible outdoor activities as well as peer review sessions. So you don't only get to get your work done, but you have a community of women who can help you take your work to the next level. I mentioned that it was at two of these work writing retreats that I was able to dig into my book and get it done so I could send it off for publishing. I also created the entire curriculum for my online course during a deep work weekend just like this. You can find all of the details at livefreecreative.co backslash fall dash camp. It will link it in the show notes. If you feel a little tug, the registration for November is already open and available. Space and availability at both of these retreats, the Creative Summer Camp in July, as well as Live Free Creative Camp in November is super limited. So if you know that you'd like to be a part of one or both of these events, head over to the show notes, find a link, learn everything you need to know, and go ahead and register. I would love to see you there. Okay, friends, that's it for this week. I hope that you're able to use the four tips that I shared to create some calm in the chaos of your life. And as always, I will be here to chat with you again next week. Have a wonderful one. I'll talk to you later. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.